0: But yeah, I would say, you know, it might be boring, but planning before you, you start is, mm-hmm. uh, is, I think, a big key to success. And, and then obviously executing on, on your business plan. But first, you need to write it down.
1: Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of the Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the CEO and founder of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. You ever need help with yours? Just go to strategymeeting.com. Now, today we have another great guest on the podcast, Tristan Plu. if I can say the last name right, or kind of get that accent there, um, but to introduce you a bit to Tristan, so after high school, um, did uh, prep uh, prep school for a couple of years and then went into business school, um, did a couple internships during that period of time, um, and then graduated, moved off to London, um, worked for a company, did mergers and acquisitions or M&A for a period of time, and then worked at a bigger bank i think it was in finance um um, part of that job was to work with fintech companies, and, and then he kind of decided that uh, when, as his time was up in the, with that bank, moved to Barcelona, Spain, wanted to build something for himself, and is, uh, is launched and is growing a Fintech Review, which is a blog that he's doing on his, his own job, um, um, that uh, it provides a lot of information about fintech and also doing some consulting and strategy for other companies. So with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Tristan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I did kind of just a quick high-level run-through of your or whole journey, but maybe now take us back in time to kind of after high school, going to prep school, doing a business school, and kind of tell us how your uh, journey went from there.
0: Yeah, sure. Sure. So yeah, as, as you said, um, I went to business school uh, in France. And um, during that time, kind of they, they forced you to move around. So I, I did I did several internships I went to Jordan in the Middle East um, I uh, I went south of France um, I did an exchange program in the Netherlands in in Rotterdam studying economics and yeah in my last last uh, internship I was uh, I was in in a in in London and mm-hmm. I actually never left I after my internship I found a job um, at virgin money uk um, so worked on a few projects in the corporate strategy team there uh, mergers and acquisitions uh, you know, restructuring innovation projects um, a lot of stuff and yeah my last job there was focused on developing partnerships with fintech startups and uh, big technology companies hmm. um, And yeah, and last year I decided, you know, uh, London was great. My job was great, but uh, it was time to move on. So diving
1: into just that, just part of it, just for a second. So when you say, you know, deciding it's time to move on, you know, was there something that, hey, I'm just worn out or I'm working too many hours or I don't find this in, in, in interesting anymore or is more of, hey, I want to do my own thing or kind of when you get kind of decide to make that transition or, you know, move on from it, so to speak, what was uh, the motivation or the, the trigger, so to speak, of what, uh, what caused you to, to move on?
0: Yeah, I guess, um, I, guess I, I was thinking for uh, a couple of years already that I wanted to build something you know, to to see something grow and and get, you know, if it's going well, it's all on you. If it's not going well, it's it's not it's it's also all on you. Um, right. Because the thing is, when you work in a big company, you're part part of a collective, which is which is great. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's a collective, so it's less so on how well you're doing and more so on how well you know your team, the 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 company is doing. So I wanted to lead the char- the charge on something and, and develop uh, and develop something and then look back and say, yeah, "Look, I've done this. It's great now." and you know, it's, um, I always thought about this, so um, I decided it was the right time for me to, uh, you know, to jump in.
1: Mm, no, definitely makes sense. So, so now you decide to make that jump. And what made you do because I or did you stay in, you moved to Barcelona, Spain as well, right? So what was the motivation yeah. say, hey, okay, I want to do my own thing. I want to build something and kind of have it as my own. What was what, what necessitated the move with that? Was it just, hey, I want a new location or nearby family, want new surroundings, or kind of as you're making that transition, what also prompted you to move?
0: Yeah, actually, it was more so. The other way around is that I decided to move, as you say, uh, you know, to be closer to my family. That is in the south of France, and my partner or family is in, in Spain because she's Spanish. And so I decided to move. And then once I had moved, I was like, so now I need to do something else, So maybe it's the right time to actually, you know, go on and and be an entrepreneur. Um, so it was the other way around, but because it was a move and all, already a lot of changes, I thought instead of looking for a job and actually wasn't the best period to look for a job. So mm. I was like, you know what? Actually, right now is, uh, is the right time for me to, uh, to start my company.
1: So, no, and I, I think that definitely makes sense. And, you know, hey, if I'm going to start my company, let's go buy family, let's go buy, you know, people that are going to support and otherwise be there for me as I'm endeavoring on now, taking on a whole new animal, starting my own thing now. As you were doing that, did you know, hey, I, I worked with fintech, I, I know I want to go into kind of fintech review and do that as my passion, or kind of was it unknown, or kind of how did you land on or decide what you wanted to pursue or how you wanted to pursue it?
0: Yeah, exactly. It's it's more it's more passion that I decided, you know, I, I need to make it into, into a business. Um, I'd been following innovation in financial services for as long as I had worked in banking uh from my internship days in 2011 to um to right now so um i really liked the sector i liked innovation following that and then in my job i was working with fintech so um i i started blogging as uh, i just want to to write about it and 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 look at the market and and just get my thoughts out and And actually when, when, you know, I, I, I decided to scale it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to spend more time on it. See if I can turn it into, into a real business. And so, yeah, it started from a passion and I was like, you know what? If I do something I I really like, then I won't feel I'm working. Um, And it's, it's actually the case because I really like what, what I'm doing, what I'm working on. So I don't feel like it's, it's actually work. Um, so that's, that's, that's what I wanted to do.
1: So, so now you kind of land on that, decide, okay, I've kind of found where my passion's at, what I'm going to do now. How did you, was there, a business plan behind that, how you're going to go about making money or just saying, hey, I'll follow the passion, the money will, you know, I'll follow my passion then the money will follow behind that. Or you're saying, hey, I'll do these other side gigs, things on the side, doing consulting, working with our business to support this as an up and going And kind of as you're saying, okay, made the leap, want to do my own thing, figured out what I want to do. Now I have to put a business around it. How did you go about starting to kind of build that business around it?
0: Yeah, so because my previous job was a lot of, business planning, um, I kind of had to do a business plan. So I did plot out how it was going to be like as a business, uh, but because I knew that it would, would take a bit of time to scale it to a size that makes it a sustainable business, that's why I continued, and I continue to this day, doing a bit of side gigs as, as a consultant, because I knew that the economics wouldn't work out for For a certain period of time Hmm. and and because I didn't want to I wanted to bootstrap I was like my way of bootstrapping would be to use my my savings and at the same time continue to do side gigs so that I can continue develop my business and and take my time Um, because I didn't want to rush into aggressive monetization strategies so and to scare away my my little group of fans so so I'm taking my time to, to develop my business, but there is an actual an actual plan behind this.
1: Hmm. So that makes sense. So now, so now that kind of brings us a bit up to where you're at today. But now you're saying you know, so maybe one question before I was gonna ask a different question, but one other additional follow-up question. You know? So as you've done that, as you've kind of built things up, as you've you know figured out the business plan, as you've started to do that, and also you know, do the side hustle, so to speak, or ways to have an income and to support yourself. How have things gone? Is it uh, you know as you've kind of dived into your passion project, started to build it? Has it been a success? Has it taken off? Has it been you know slower than anticipated? Has it too early to tell, or kind of how are things going so far?
0: Well, things have been have been going great. Um, I think that I've put lots of efforts into it, obviously, and um, it's been it's been only only about six months now, so. It's still early days, uh, but I guess after Christmas I, uh, I found that you know the growth wasn't there because I guess I, I hit like not a wall but around Christmas people were not so so much into into it. But then really after February March and and now uh, I'm seeing like good growth in terms of readership. It's like you know um, over hundred percent and. Months on months, so it's it's going it's going really great. Um, so so no, I mean so far it's been good, and now that I've started introducing uh, more so more products, so premium a premium offering, and mm-hmm. I'm starting to develop a bit the content strategy. We'll see we'll see how it goes from there. Uh, but I think the feedback so far has been really good. I've developed a good base of people that are 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 quite. Um, interested in what i'm writing in the people i'm interviewing in in the the content i'm producing and Mm. i find i i feel that i found a niche and that i'm continuing to to go into that niche and it's going well so far
1: no that's awesome so and that kind of hits on so you're developing the niche kind of and you're developing new products and offering doing some you know, premium, uh, or premium offerings and, you know, some subscription base. So is that kind of where you see kind of the next six to 12 months continue to head for you as you continue to increase the offering, continue to offer different levels of, you know, service or access, so to speak, and, you know, for different costing or kind of, where do you see the next six, or is that, you know, see the next to six, 12, six to 12 months going for you?
0: Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, uh, that's what I've introduced. I've introduced, um, three levels of, of, uh, Membership and uh, within this membership, I will continue to build content for each of these levels. So, my my plan for the next six to to twelve months is getting more content out for for these people, so to kind of get them to talk about it. Because I I know that like the best marketing strategy at the end of the day is people recommending you like you should have a look at that. So that's what I want to do. I want to continue invest my time into building this whilst i continue to develop also the free and of the free bits because this is how people come uh come to my come to fintech review so i will continue to do that um and and yeah i think i'm quite clear about the past the next six to twelve months and i know that i will continue i mean as as it gets bigger and i i I need less so spend time you know doing doing consulting gigs. I will also have more time to dedicate to create content. And that's why I thought it was the right time to do it now. And I know that I mean if, if the growth is good and continues that way, I know that by the end of the year I'll be able to almost you know put to the side the side gigs and then focus much more, much more on that. So so we'll see.
1: Hmm. No, it definitely makes sense and sounds like some interesting, exciting opportunities as you continue to move forward. Well, as we, are, uh, as we get towards the end of your journey, and I always ask two questions at the end, and so we'll jump to those now. So the and as a reminder for listeners, we're also going to be chatting a bit about intellectual property as, as a bonus questions after the after the normal episode wraps up. So if you want to hear the uh, us, that discussion a bit, make sure to stay tuned. But as we hit the uh, or a normal two questions, the first question I always ask is: Along your journey, what's the worst business decision you ever made, and what did you learn from it?
0: I think that um, it, it might sound silly, but the, I think the worst decision was not to start earlier, in the sense that uh, this could have been a side gig for for much longer. And actually, I didn't put enough time and efforts as as it was a side gig. Because I, I technically started it in January last year, but for six, nine months, I was just writing very periodically and I wasn't putting enough efforts. And looking back, I feel that, if I had started much more uh, to write, much more to develop my social media accounts, where most of my traffic is coming from, this is things that I could have done. You know, I I could have started a year ago, and I waited. I waited way too long. I waited to be like free to do it, whereas I could have started much more before. So I think this was the biggest mistake I've I've made, which was. Um, I mean, because now, now the thing is it takes time anyway. So there's, it's not something that I, it's not something I can, I can get back is that it's going to take me probably, you know, three months to get where I should have been or six months. And the thing is, I could have, I could have got this, um, you know, I could have, could have started earlier. So yeah, this is the worst, worst thing I felt, I felt I've done. Hmm.
1: No, and I think that uh, definitely makes sense as far as kind of the mistake, but the lesson that's also learned there and getting started earlier and then focusing on it, and be able to build it and be able to put more time into it. And all those things always play into it and always one where it's, uh, you know, if you'd only started earlier, if you'd only done a few things, it would have, you'd be so far, so much farther ahead today, so to speak. Now, as we jump to the second question, which is if you're talking to uh, somebody that's just getting to a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them?
0: I think I would tell them to plan. Um, So I'm, uh, as as a side gig, what I do is that I do strategic consulting. So I'm helping entrepreneurs build business plans. And I always tell them is that, you know, even if it's just for you, you should have a plan. Because you know it's business plans are not only to get you know a bank loan or to get funding from an investor. It's also for you to know where you're going and might take a bit, a bit of time. It doesn't need to be very complicated. It can be just a few pages, but just lay out exactly what's the idea, you know, what's your market, how you what's your product, where you're going with this. It. And it's really good because as you do that, you will realize that some assumptions you have are not, you know, are not working out because the market is is not the ones you wanted to. Do. Because the the worst thing that can happen is that you just jump in, and then you realize you lose a bit of you lose a bit of time or a lot of time because you realize that you're not going in the right direction. So, but yeah, I would say you know it might be boring, but planning before you you start is mm-hmm. uh, is I think a big key to success and and then obviously executing on on your business plan but first you need to write it down
1: no i think that's definitely good advice for people to take to heart well as we wrap up the normal or the normal portion episode and reminder we'll also talk in in a couple minutes just about intellectual property but if people want to reach out to they want to Find out more about FinTech. They want to be a subscriber. They want to be a, a you know, a, a listener and a, a consumer. They want to be an investor. They want to be an employee. They want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above. What's the best way to reach out, connect up, and find out more?
0: Um, so on, on any social media accounts that's, uh, that are out there, so Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, um, otherwise, um hello at fintechreview.net um well uh, i'll answer everything but uh, yeah various ways to, to reach out or directly to me on on linkedin uh, i'm also also happy to, to have a chat have a digital coffee or a real one if you're somewhere not so far
1: all right well that sounds like some great options to, to reach out connect up and find out more so Appreciate you coming on Tristan to the podcast. Now for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell or you want and you want to be a guest on the podcast, we'd love to share your journey. Feel free to go to inventiveguest.com and apply to be on the podcast. Two more things as listeners. One, make sure to click subscribe in your podcast player so you know when all of our awesome episodes come out. And two, leave us a review so new people can find out about us. Last but not least, if you ever need help with patents, trademarks, or anything else, just let let us know and go to strategymeeting.com and grab some time with us to chat. Well, now as we, we've wrapped up the normal episode, it's always fun when we do the bonus question to flip the tables a bit and talk about a, a topic that I always certainly find interesting, whether or not everybody else does, which is intellectual property. So it's fun to hear a few of the questions that other people have always had and discuss that a bit. So with that, I'll turn it over uh, to you for a bit and uh, or let you ask, what is the, the top intellectual property question you have?
0: Yeah, so what's, um, what's your take about you know, Online content when it comes to intellectual property. So my business is to create content. Some of mm-hmm. them is free, and uh, I just wondered because you know my my viewership is very much international. I mean, my company is incorporated in the UK. I'm in Spain. Most of my viewership, the over 40% is in the US. So I'm just wondering in terms of you know co- someone comes in, copy everything, put it on his on his blog what's what's happening uh, even if he's not a paid so i guess there are two things if it's a free article what what happens if he does that if it's a, a paid article like he should be a member actually someone comes in he's a member copies the content send it to his friend how does this actually work
1: yeah, so I think that there's a couple ways to, to, to divvy that up in the sense of what are your legal rights and then what are some of the practical implications of it? So if you're to look at, you know, somebody comes in and it, whether or not it's paid content, you still have the same rights. The only difference may be that you can show a bit more damage is that, hey, I normally charge $100 for this content. You're, you're sharing to other people. Therefore, you can see I lost out on $100, so to speak on that or whatever that number is. But as far as, you know, when you, when you have a copyright, when you create something, whether or not you charge for it, you still have copyrights to it. So particularly like on a blog and content and figure pictures and, you know, all the, that information falls under copyrights. And so you have inherent by creating it, you have rights to that, which are called copyrights. And so from a perspective, whether or not you're selling it or not, you still have those rights. And unless you give those, you know, give uh, somebody a license or otherwise allow them to, um, have those rights, or you know, allow or give them permission to copy that, you still own those rights, and they're not able to come and simply rip it off or copy it. So, in that sense, now you can say, Okay, I can go and enforce my rights, I can go and you know, everything from a, reaching out to them, letting them know to a cease and desist letter to something more aggressive with the lawsuit or, or whatnot. But you can certainly defend those rights. And if they're, as an example, you know, if they're har- harming your business or they're reducing your income or anything else, you can go after them. Now, the practical implications are a bit different in the sense of yes they are technically infringing your copyrights now you have to decide how you want to pursue them or what makes sense in the sense of hey if they're a, a subscriber and you know they go and share it with a friend or two and you're saying okay one, it may help my business in the sense that if the friend or two likes it, they may go get a subscription themselves. Now, if they're sharing it repeatedly, or they're, you know, doing it all the time, such that you're not never going to realize that income, then you're starting to have the opposite implication. And then you have to balance, okay, is it better to potentially alienate the one individual that or whoever it is, as a subscriber that is paying in order to try and get the money from the other individuals? Well, it kind of depends on, you know, hey, is this somebody that's post you know taking the content copy and pasting and putting it on their own site and now they're using you know they're getting thousands of subscribers well it's probably going to hurt you in a sense and now they're not they're going to your competitors opposed to you first if it's an individual is sharing it with a friend or two so it's almost a balance of how much how much harm are they doing what is, the, what is the reward that they, you know, if I go after them or otherwise get them to stop? And then is it a worthwhile investment of time, money, and effort in order to get them to stop? And that's going to be kind of your balance. So that's kind of the legal rights are. You have legal rights to protect with copyrights on the point of should you go in and, and enforce it or otherwise, or enforce those rights. It a bit depends on who's doing it and how they're doing it. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah no, it
0: does make
1: sense. It
0: does make sense all so, right yeah no i, I think it's so clear
1: awesome well it was a fun to chat a little about intellectual property and if you or anybody else ever has any other questions you want to chat with us or uh, ask your top intellectual property feel free to go to strategymeeting.com grab some time with us to chat we're always here to help and with that we'll go ahead and wrap up the podcast and thank you again tristan for coming on it's been fun it's been a pleasure and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last
0: thank you very much thank you for having me